Welcome back to Ogre on Gender, Race, and Equality with Ashley Johnson. Um, today is very exciting because we have a guest today. I'm going to let them introduce themselves, but I'm um, just very excited. We're going to be talking about uh, the culture of drag. So you can go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, my name is John Thomas Hernandez, but in drag I go by Joanne Grace Wesley, and I am currently a 19-year-old living in southern Louisiana. Okay, and what pronouns do you use? I use he, him. Does What pronouns does Joanne use? Um, Joanne uses she, her, but I'm not going to, like, get worked up over it. Like, I okay. don't take it too seriously. Okay, cool. So, um, just like a just like a little fun question like I'm just curious of like what got you into drag like what was the introduction what was like okay this is something that I need to do um so like what what was your inspiration I would definitely say the media and YouTube definitely got me into drag because I wouldn't know what drag is if it wasn't for television and YouTube just like being a makeup artist outside of drag as well I learned about makeup and then through makeup I found out about drag and it was just so exciting to see a whole new interpretation not only of makeup but just of art and performance and expression awesome awesome and um so basically in the class that i'm in it's called power to the people Uh, we talk a lot about um just gender and we talk a lot about the way that we tend to navigate conversations um about people in different communities and something that we talk a lot about is just like your geographic location of like how like where you are, where you live affects um, gender expression or in this case, how it affects drive. So, um, you know, this is kind of <laughs> an obvious question, but what is it like <laughs> doing drag, like not even in the South, but like in Southern Louisiana? Like what is what is that like? How does that affect, affect your experience? I would say, I mean, it definitely obviously does because, you know, you can't just go around anywhere and drag and I don't, I wouldn't feel safe going out in public and drag unless it's strictly to a club. Like right. I won't go out and drag or anything like that just because I want to feel safe and mostly I want to feel comfortable, you know, I don't want to really want to feel embarrassed or humiliated or anything kind of thing like that. And while drag does help me like be confident, it's still, it's like something about having a confidence for the right crowd, you know? Like, yeah. I don't, like, show up and show off for the wrong people, you know? Most because they don't deserve to see it. But secondly, because I don't want to feel stupid, you know? Because drag, in a sense, is a joke. You know, it's all one big joke. But, um, yeah. That definitely makes sense of, like, kind of, like, protecting yourself. And it it's sort of sad that, like, that is something that, like, has to be done. But at the same time, it's, like, it's just a necessity at this point. Absolutely. I think it's just about finding the right people and knowing where you're going and who's going to be there. And um, yeah, just knowing that you're safe and surrounded by people that love you. I would also never go out and drag alone. Like that right. just sounds terrifying. <laughs> and um, I was reading this article and uh, that was on NPR. And then I also like watched the uh the documentary that's the death and the life of Marsha P. Johnson and it was like prompting a lot of ideas um about like elders in like the gay community and like the drag community like of just and in the trans community of how 
because like all these movements are so young we still have like a lot of the founders of them like with us today um or if not like they've recently passed and that's something like really special and unique to like both of the, a few of those movements which elder like which elders in the drag community or which like older drag queens inspire you or like which who do you look up to uh doing drag Mm, this is so sad but because i'm so young like i really only have like recent inspirations you know or not even i don't really look up to like certain people i guess i just kind of i think i'm just inspired mostly by drag uh, for what it stands for as the art form you know right Uh, i definitely think like the club kid scene in new york like and like the while back (laughs) that was definitely a huge inspiration to me just because of the complete like no rules like just 100 percent expression uh-huh. But um, I think as a young person, especially now in the drag community, it's hard because there's not a lot of educational resources about um, the people that started everything, you know, and really pushed movements. You know, obviously there's like Marsha P and like all these other people. But as a young person, we don't have, people don't really care about it as much. They care about like the commercialism and like the capitalism is of it, you know, they care about the media version that they want to see. That's really true. We've, we were actually talking about this today in class about uh, specifically with the transgender movement of like what furthering the movement would look like and what the, our future goals and aims are. And uh, we we're looking at like different movements like compared to it, like the, the gay liberation movement of how the gay liberation movement really started like with outsiders. It was just like people on the fringes. And now it's, like, very corporate, extremely, like, capitalist-driven. Like, there's Pride, everything, and Target, and Starbucks, <laughs> all these different things. Um, and we were looking at how a, a recent, like, gay Pride parade, the, like, largest group of people, I think, was, like, Target workers, like, walking in the parade. And mm. it was just really interesting to think about of, like, what that means for the movement. And what the transgender movement would be looking like uh that way so i think it's interesting that you bring that up because that's like a very like prominent idea that we've been talking a lot about absolutely and it like the movements that the media has now are not accurately representing the people who started the movements or who are like currently leading the movements you know like people only want to see trans women if they're passable quote-unquote or like white and skinny and like all this stuff you know they don't want to see like real trans people they don't want to see people living their truth they want to see people living their truth and fitting to other standards you know absolutely it's, but it's isn't like one marketable thing you know right right and i feel like that sort of brings me to uh this next point of just like how drag has slowly become like a bit more mainstream than it used to be and uh, just, uh, I, I have this uh, quote by Randy Barbato, or Barbato, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Um, he's one of the co-executive producers of RuPaul's Drag Race. And he said, um, drag has arrived at the big kids table. People are finally acknowledging it as an art form to be reckoned with. So with that in mind, like, how do you feel about drag coming into the mainstream? Uh, I definitely love that it's coming to the mainstream because I think it does have a place in um, people's lives. I think drag can really, truly bring people together and make people, like, 
they sound so cheesy, but like put aside their differences, you know, especially yeah. in Southern Louisiana, because I've never seen more straight people at the gay bar in Baton Rouge, you know, right? Like, the place is chock full of straight people. But um, <laughs> oh, but I definitely which... love that it's in the mainstream because it it allows people who are in the community to have the platforms that they deserve and that they need. But again, like harkening back to it's not always an accurate representation of the queer drag scene. But I think it is like it's better than nothing, you know. Right. And I think a lot of times really powerful stories and messages do get hurt, which I think is really nice. Yeah, I think it can sometimes get, I, you know, I totally agree with you, but it can sometimes get tricky because it's because there's so many straight people in the gay bars now that it's like, this is not what the gay bars were created for because it's yeah. giving like a queer, like safe space so like i feel like that's another like interesting side to it that it's like a give and take it's there's pros and cons to like you know pushing some some things like out of the shadows and into like the forefront that is absolutely so true and you know i mean i've personally never experienced any homophobia in the, in the gay bar but i totally see what you're saying about i mean but i know that's not everyone's story and i know people have experienced that but um for sure i was just yeah. saying that um i've actually been having a lot of conversations lately about what it means to have a certain space for a group of people, you know, and about oh. respecting like other people's spaces. And it's like straight people and white people, they get everything, you know? So it's important to have a spot for you that's reserved to make you feel comfortable. And I think that it's really important to have that, especially, and I'm honestly really fortunate that we have spaces like the clubs that we do have in Baton Rouge because they are, they are very accepting and very open to people. But I totally understand what you're saying about, making sure you have a space to feel comfortable that's not being taken over by people who are more privileged than you. Absolutely. And I feel like there's like an, also another point that a lot of people tend to say that uh, as, as, you know, gay liberation is pushed like more and more as drag is pushed more into the mainstream, like there's less of a stigma and there's less pre uh, prejudice there. So the need for a space that's like exclusively queer, that's exclusively for drag is like less necessary than it used to be in the past. So it's okay for like gay bars and stuff to like pivot and have like a different customer base. Um, so I, I feel like there's a lot of different ways that you can look at it. Um, but overall, I think it's, like, a net positive uh, thing that, like, more people are able to enjoy drag. Definitely, because people are, I think most, like, prejudice happens when you don't know about things, obviously. Yeah. Uh, it comes from a lack of knowledge. So I think having queer spaces um, really do help people, like, get accustomed to it and, like, learn about it without having to, like, sit down and research about it, you know. They get to experience it firsthand, like, get to know it in its true form. That's a really good point. Like, just like, it's a it's a bit of an education. Uh, definitely, so, definitely. But yeah, and then one question. We're gonna try to try our best to keep this a bit short. Um, but we've also been talking a lot about you know gender abolition as a movement and how we're we're trying to trying to make more spaces. Uh, gender neutral and make some things like not as uh so gender focused uh when gender like doesn't need to be addressed um so that's kind of like taking gender out of the spaces of our lives and aspects of our lives that it doesn't need to be in necessarily and just making them neutral uh 
But a lot of people have been talking about how that may or may not have difficulties with movements or with communities that are very focused on gender. Um, so, like, in, in essence, like, how, how do you think that that, how do you think the gender abolition movement played with the drag movement? Because it's a lot of a focus on gender bending. So if there's no gender in like lots of spaces or in this space, like how does that play into drag? I definitely, um, ever since I kind of got into drag, I've always said to myself that the least important part of drag is the gender aspect, you know? I'm, I mean, yeah. I personally don't get in drag to feel like a quote unquote woman, you know, or, um, I don't do it for the gender aspect. I do it for the art aspect. I do it for the performance aspect. You know, I do it for the design right. visual kind of thing. But um, I think there, well, I mean, I know that there's definitely a lot of gender um, prejudice and um, preconceived notions in the drag community, especially with people that are trans men that do drag or are drag queens or even um, biological um, or AFAB um, queens, yeah. you know, um, a lot of people have problems with that because it doesn't stick to the quote-unquote traditional like statements of drag but I mean if you look at the traditional like ideas of drag it's not about that you know it's about the art it's about like not having any rules it's about fun you know but I think it, there is a huge like almost like misogyny and just complete gender bias in the drag community and a lot of people they don't really want to see like people who don't fit the standard like man being a woman you know that's definitely interesting uh, especially because you know we constantly think about the hierarchy and like the power struggle between cisgender people and transgender people or between straight people and gay people but a lot of times there's prejudice within communities and that's yeah that's really interesting yeah and also I'm definitely for like the gender neutral, the neutrality of it all. Yeah. I um, but also I understand like it's important to have pride in who you are. You know, it's it's important as a woman to say I'm a woman. You know, like be proud of that. You know, and it's important as a non-binary person to be like I'm non-binary and I feel pride in that. You know, I have, I hold love in that, and I think it's important to be able to express that. Um, it's just all about finding a balance, and being able to create a safe space where everyone can feel too. Like, doesn't have to feel pressure to be one thing or the other, but to also feel, like, calm enough and, like, invited enough to express yourself for who you are. Yeah, it's about safety. It's about Absolutely. Safety. The gender abolition movement can often get a bad rap because, like, people think that it's, like, the neutralization of individual identities for people. It's not, it's not going up to a man and saying, like, you're no longer a man, but more just saying yeah. that you know, in structures and in corporations and in just society, like there are so many gender roles and so many, so many, so much shit that pertains to gender that just doesn't need to be genderfied. And I feel like that's, that's a really good point that you're saying that like, you still like, while you have that, you still need to be able to own your own identity and own your own expression. Yeah. Especially when it comes to like the power dynamics of not even just like the workforce and stuff but also like in the gay community there's a lot of like who's the real man and like who's the lady in the relationship like that kind of stuff right. that doesn't really need to be 
existing. It kind of perpetuates negative things, or it can even make you feel like less of a man if you decide to, like you know, present a certain way. You know, even in the gay community, you know, there's a lot of I don't like femmes, I don't like drag queens, all that kind of stuff. You know, I feel like that's also just like misogyny within the gay community of just like. Even though it's just, like, gay men, like, you still, like, you can still have misogyny within that community. Yeah. Which is so crazy how misogyny, like, permeates all of society, like, so <laughs> It really does. And I think it comes down to, like, a need for power, especially, as, like, growing up queer, you know, you find yourself a lot of times not having the power in situations. So I think it's understandable how you can grow up wanting the power and like needing the power over somebody. Absolutely. Absolutely. How wrong that is. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's still like this, just like innate need to, uh, to assert yourself, which is it's just very interesting. It's very interesting how we move and act as humans. Definitely. Definitely. But I appreciate you talking with me so much. Um, it's been really nice to catch up and we should hang out when I come back to Louisiana. <laughs> yeah, anytime. I'm so glad you guys are talking about like the queer community. It makes me really happy. For sure. Um, but yeah, uh, I will say goodbye to the viewers, to the listeners. Um, and I hope you guys all have a good day. And yeah, bye. Bye.